as part of um, the bombshell that Jen and I uh, broke a week ago for Vice, uh, we appreciate Vice printing the truth. Um, and by the way, shockingly, in America, get this, uh, after we broke that story, uh, about yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, um, we obtained audio of a meeting from 2017. So the audio, let me start, let me start with something uh, to set it up here. In January 2017, Adam Murphy, a <laughs> sick Flint resident, he was having seizure. He was, ooh, uh, sorry. He was having story. seizures. He was having severe cognitive loss. He was losing, um, when he was driving, he would be forgetting his normal route, how to get places. He had to call his wife at the time to pick him up. The water had ravaged his body and his mind. He couldn't even lift his newborn kid anymore. He couldn't walk up the stairs. He had to sleep in the living room for, for two years because he couldn't walk up the stairs to his bedroom, okay? Adam Murphy, uh, like a lot of Flint residents, lashed out, understandably, lashed out at a Flint water town hall in January 2017. You're wasting our time and we're dying. People have died from this damn water and all you guys can sit up there and just pretend like it's no big deal. So Adam, uh, it, it was much longer than that. He really went off and a police officer removed him from that town hall. And you know, I've been to a bunch of Flint town halls, a couple hundred people show up. Uh, the residents were understandably angry and upset because the government was really not significantly helping them. Residents were getting sicker and sicker. They had to fight just for Medicaid expansion that is no longer even there. They had to fight to get the service lines replaced. And the only reason they got those service lines replaced was because uh, several plaintiffs, including uh, Melissa Mays, who's featured in my story, went to court and sued Rick Snyder in the state of Michigan because they wouldn't spend the money on their own to replace Flint's service lines and got a $97 million judgment. So after Adam Murphy was removed from that town hall, he was removed by a police officer. Uh, a police officer uh, told him, uh, I could try and you know, maybe get you in touch with Governor Snyder. It was a state trooper. So Adam was like, okay. I reviewed text messages between this police officer and Adam's wife. Uh, they're, they're divorced now, but at the time they were married. And this police officer set up a meeting with Adam, his wife at the time, and Richard Baird, who was Governor Snyder's best way to describe it is right-hand man. If you, if you live in Michigan, if you, if you were in Michigan politics, everybody knew Rich Baird was basically an extension of the governor. They were college roommates. They were best friend. Rich Baird was in retirement and came out of retirement in 2010 when Snyder won election as governor. And uh, Governor Snyder paid Rick Baird very controversially out of his super PAC. He wasn't even on the governor's official payroll uh, through the state for years until, you know, people started kicking and screaming over it. So Richard Baird was kind of known as the governor's, it was described to us as his enforcer, his fixer, whatever synonym you want to put in there. So Richard Baird, weeks after Adam was popping off, and it wasn't just Adam, there was several, you know, it's like Standing Rock, when you have, when you have um, really a movement, uh, most of the, whether it's governments, corporations, try to identify the leaders of that movement that inspire other people, that rally other people, 
and they try and eliminate them or neutralize them. So Rich Baird shows up in Adam Murphy and his wife's uh, home, and he, well, let's go piece by piece here, okay? Let's go piece by piece. I'm going to play you a few audio clips because we obtained audio of the meeting. Let's start here. And by the way, this whole thing, which I'm going to explain, is not just about the Murphys. It ain't just about Governor Rick Snyder, and it's not only about Flint. What you're about to see is corruption that's happening all over this country. Here we go. I mean, I know people see it differently, but at the top levels, at the governor's level in his office, we knew there was a problem with the water, but all the, all the answers we were given were, we got it under control, we just have to treat it this way, or we do this thing, or we do that thing. And, and it really wasn't until um, when, when Mark Edwards and, and Dr. Mona were, you know, that publicity was there, that's when it was clear that the, the water's not just stinky and discolored. Mm -hmm. It was discolored when I drank it. You know, when I was seven years old, you had to let it run for, I don't know if you guys have lived in Flint all your life, but, you know, back, you know, back when, when I was a, a kid, my mom always said, you gotta let the water run for a couple of minutes because it kind of came out orange. And, but, but then we realized that clearly, I mean, it's toxic. It's not, you know, it's not just bad water. He says to him, we were told, we were told by the experts that the situation with the water was under control. That, uh, the, you know, yeah, the water had some problems, but it, as long as it, they were going to just tweak the formula and, and treat the water differently. And if they just treated the water differently, everything would be fine. That's what he just told this sick family. Most journalists tippy-toe around these words? I'm not going to. That is a bold-faced lie. The governor's right-hand man in 2017 was in this couple's living room and he lied to them and they lied to Flint because they were warned repeatedly six months after the water switch. Six months after the water switch. And we're going back here. Okay, October 14th, 2014. Okay, six months after the water switch. There was a whistleblower in Governor Snyder's administration. Her name was Valerie Brader. She was the governor's uh, environmental attorney, an environmental expert. She graduated magna cum laude from Harvard. In English, super, super smart. Graduated magna cum laude from Harvard. Uh, she graduated with her master's from uh, Oxford University, another prestigious university, and she got her Juris Doctor at Georgetown University. This is a brilliant woman. She was Governor Snyder's environmental attorney. She sends an email on October 14, 2014, to Governor Snyder's chief of staff and to several other top officials in Governor Snyder's administration. It says, it's basically begging and pleading for them to switch Flint off of the Flint River and to move Flint back to the Detroit water system, which Flint was on before it switched to the Flint River. She called it an urgent matter. She said the Flint River is teeming with E. coli as well as cancer-causing TTHMs. Governor Snyder's chief of staff, Dennis Muchmore, took Valerie Brader and put her in contact with Governor Snyder's right-hand man, Richard Baird, the guy whose voice was just on that tape. 
Valerie Brader was sent to a conference call meeting with Richard Baird and Darnell Early, who was uh, Flint's emergency manager at the time. Remember, Flint had an unelected emergency manager put in by Governor Snyder. That unelected emergency manager had more power than the elected mayor and the elected city, uh, city council. But Russia's stealing democracy, right? Not us. So on that conference call, Valerie, Br Valerie Brader publicly testified that she reiterated the same things to them that she said in the email. She said, this is an urgent public health crisis. And they told her it would cost too much to switch Flint back to Detroit. What we didn't know, what Jen and I found out, was Valerie Brader, in addition to her public testimony, was secretly subpoenaed. She was compelled to come in for what they call an investigative subpoena, which is basically like a one-on-one -on -one interview with a prosecutor that's not public. In that interview, she broke down in tears, and she revealed that the governor's right-hand man, that guy who was just telling the Murphys, yeah, we were, you know, all the experts told us the water situation's under control. All the experts told us uh, we just need to treat the water differently and it will be fine. Nobody told us it was toxic in the early days. That, Governor Snyder's right-hand man, threatened Valerie Brader. Basically said, don't ever send another email like that again. The warning email about Flint. It's an urgent matter. Flint needs to be switched off the Flint River. Put this in your mind for a second. Richard Baird just told the Murphys that when he was seven years old, he remembers how gross the water was in Flint. His mother used to have to run it for a while before giving it to Richard because it came out orange. So state of mind, state of mind, when this Harvard graduate, magna cum laude, environmental advisor, she's not the janitor, folks, environmental, no offense to janitors, she is an expert. She's telling you, the governor's right-hand man, she's telling the governor's chief of staff, she's telling the Flint emergency manager, who's basically the mayor, that he's got more power than the mayor. Iceberg, here now. People were getting rashes at the time. People were losing their hair. She's saying urgent matter in writing. Chief of staff, why does the chief of staff pass her off to the governor's, again, fixer? I want to tell you what Jen and I were told, who this man is. And some of the sources are anonymous because some of the sources were not authorized to speak. So you're just going to have to trust us. We trust the sources and we these sources know a lot about the investigation. That's all I could say. We were told that Richard Baird is an old-fashioned fixer. His MO was to coerce and threaten and basically do whatever he had to do for Schneider. So why is it that if you have someone pleading, if you have someone pleading to switch Flint off the Flint River, an environmental expert, why would you send her to the governor's enforcer instead of to the environmental department or the health department? Just think about that for a second. Is this somebody you actually wanted to hear, that you wanted to hear her thoughts, that you wanted to actually see, well, is there anything to this? 
Or is this somebody you wanted to shut up? Silence. Eliminate the problem. I mean, this meeting with Richard Baird, Adam Murphy gave the Attorney General and her prosecutors this audio that, we're, that we obtained and published today. She gave it in September. September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Eight months ago, they've had this audio. Eight months ago, they first got this audio, which shows many things, but I just showed you, shows the governor's enforcer essentially lying about when they first found out that the water was toxic. He's lying. Then there's this. I've now spent enough time with the Genesee County Medical Society and the docs that make up that board and even people like Larry Reynolds and, 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 uh, and Dr. Uh, Mona. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I didn't know this, but you know, the Genesee County Health Department is laughable, okay? It's laughable. They, they, you know, they, they basically say, look, we, we can't depend on these guys to get anything out on a timely basis. Hmm. We don't trust them. They actually ask us to do some workarounds so that we didn't have to rely on the County Health Department and have stuff go directly from the from the state instead of going to the health department go to the medical society and that's not the way this stuff's supposed to operate but you know that's part of the problem that you have and and i'm just i'm being you know very frank so let me explain how local and state level government and federal government works for that matter the governor's right hand man right there says uh to tell you the truth the genesee county health department again flint is part of genesee county uh, Flint's the city, Genesee County is the county. They basically, the state throws the county under the bus. And we saw this with Flint and other places. The EPA threw uh, the state of Michigan under the bus. The state of Michigan threw the EPA under the bus. This is what everybody does because they don't want to take any responsibility or face any prison time themselves. It was, the, it was the feds. It was the state. It was the city. It was the county. Because these all are cowards. They're all cowards. So it's ironic that uh, Richard Baird, the governor's right-hand man, is saying uh, Genesee County Health Department is laughable and all these things because on October 17th, on October 17th, uh, actually, let me just find it for you so I could show you that email. So here's an email, October 17th, 2014. Again, six months after the water switch. Susan Bohm, who is a state epidemiologist in the health department, emails other officials in the health department. Remember, Rick Snyder told Congress, I knew about Legion, I found out about Legionella January 2016. I'm pretty sure October 2014 is a little bit earlier than January 2016. Susan Bohm from the health department. I just received a call from Michigan Department of Environmental Quality Chief of the Office of Drinking Water, Leanne Schechter-Smith about a call that came into her office from that laughable, remember he's called the Genesee County Health Department, laughable, from the Genesee County Health Department regarding Legionnaires in Genesee County. Fortunately, I had Shannon Johnson's great summary. Shannon Johnson was another state epidemiologist who had sent an email weeks, days before that saying her hypothesis was the Legionella outbreak is because of the Flint River switch. Leanne, the state drinking water chief, was concerned this was a situation just breaking. So I was able to tell her it had been under investigation by the Genesee County Health Department for several weeks. She was concerned that we were going to be making some announcements soon. 
about the water being the source of the infection. So I told her the Flint water was at this point just a hypothesis. She asked whether Genesee had the capability uh, to test water, and I replied that we would be working with Genesee to coordinate any water testing. What she did share with me was interesting, that there had been numerous complaints about Flint's water that the governor's office had been involved. Let me say that again that the governor's office had been involved and that any announcement by public health about the quality of the water would certainly inflame the situation. Guess what was coming up a couple weeks later, after October 17, 2014? Rick Snyder's re-election as governor. Isn't that interesting? You know, with COVID-19, particularly in wealthy areas, oh, they warn you right away. You are warned right away. Of course, Trump waited too long to warn the masses. But most of the time, if you're in a wealthy or upper middle class area, if, if there's a health hazard, you'll know about it pretty quickly. But, you know, if you're in a poor black area or a poor white area, and there's a deadly water outbreak. Uh, uh, Legionella is deadly. Oh, we have, to, we have, a, it's like a science project. We have time to hypothesize here. We don't need to share with the residents to warn them to stop drinking the water while we figure out what it is. Why do that? We got all the time in the world here. They're, they're just poor people in Flint. We don't even live in Flint. The people writing these emails, the people making the decisions. Can you imagine that? They had an outbreak for months of a deadly waterborne disease. And they said nothing. In fact, they didn't tell the people. They didn't tell the people for another 16 months. And we found out that around that time that that email went out, Governor Snyder, his top officials, and state health department officials were all in communication, a lot of communication. What were they talking about? What were they talking about? A lot of communication between the governor, his top advisors, and the health department. They're talking about the weather as emails are going around and phone calls are going around about Legionella. He goes and tells Congress. I didn't, I, I didn't know about Legionella until January 2016. Why is it that he asked, for, according to her, why is it that the governor asked former Flint mayor, Karen Weaver, can you ask Elijah Cummings when he was alive to, quote, back off from investigating me? I don't know. If I didn't do anything wrong, what do I care? If you look, look wherever you want, I didn't do anything wrong. But he's asking the Flint mayor, happens to happen to have been an African-American woman, to ask the chairman of the Congressional Oversight Committee to back off. You do, you do the math. So Adam, I just, I, I want to repeat this. I'm not making any promises. No. We're here to try to learn as much as we can and figure out if, if we can put our heads together and figure out a way to, to, to get some relief, get some resources and, and, and help, okay? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, uh, there's there's no sense in, I mean, there's uh, but I, but I, I want you to know, we're going to try. I mean, we, we frankly, we, the four of us 
we wouldn't be sitting here if this were just for show. I mean, we, we really, we know that, you know, and BJ's told us, that, you know, I, it, to me it no longer matters whether it was the water or anything else. What matters is that you've had some significant hardships here, and, and if we are in a position to help you, we should help you. It's to me that's that simple. So, but 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 we got some work to do because, look, I don't make up these rules, and I and I think most insurance companies are, you know, we we just had our budget director go and be, and work for Blue Cross Blue Shield, and I got a couple of chits with him, so maybe I can use one of them to help you. Okay. Never heard. I don't know what a chit is, but okay. So that that audio might sound very lovely. But is he there to help or is he there because that Flint resident raised holy hell at a town hall, got removed, the Flint Journal and the Detroit News picked it up, uh, went, I think it got a lot of views on YouTube, and as a result, he wanted to have a little chat with that resident. What you didn't hear there is they did find money to pay for Adam's very expensive holistic treatment. It's called chelation treatment. It, extract, it, put, it put, puts chemicals into your body to extract lead out. Uh, they paid for it for almost two years, the state of Michigan did, because I saw the text messages between Adam's wife and the state health department, and I saw uh, forms that they were paying for Adam's treatment. Now, I don't I don't personally uh, hold anything against Adam or his wife for accepting it. If you are having seizures, if you're losing your memory, if you can't function cognitively at 36, 37, I think he was, and you got the governor's right-hand man in your home offering you treatment, and by the way, saying you're going to be our lead poster child. If it works for you, we'll make it available to other residents. What would you do? I'd probably take it. When you're desperate, you're desperate. The truth is, Richard Baird went to Adam Murphy's home, offered him state-funded treatment to shut him up. We could toss the word allegedly there, but it really isn't allegedly because I've seen the payments. This is what happened. Now, you could say, well, Jordan, how could you definitively say it was to pay him off? Well, you tell me. Why is it, why is it that both Adam and Christina Murphy both say he told us not to talk to the media and he told us do not talk to anyone that the state was paying for it? If you got nothing to hide, if this isn't a hush-hush payment, why are you telling them don't talk to anyone about it and don't tell anyone that uh, the state's paying for it? And oh, by the way, which we also found out, why is it that you're going around telling other people that you're a philanthropist? Wait till you find out this. It gets crazier. Listen to this. This is my conversation with Flint resident Bruce Steers. When he told you that he was paying for Adam's treatment, did he say anything else? Why is he doing that? Just a, not really. Just, you know, that he was paying it out of his own pocket and uh, trying to help him out. And I thought, well, I, you know, I don't know what the, you know, what all that is, but that's awful generous of you because I heard that you know the treatments were you know pretty expensive. Did you believe uh, them? But it was uh, relative to that uh, chelating treatment. Chelation. Uh, and I, as I said, 
I was under the assumption that it was the whole family. And uh, then his wife told me that, no, it was never the whole family. It was just her husband. Right. And uh, so I don't know how that come, you know, and all of that. But he made a lot of, you know, uh, appearances in different places. And, you know, he was he was pretty convincing of all the things that were going on anyway. Did you believe him when he told you he was paying for it? Yes. Yes, okay. I did. Yes, I did. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I I had no idea what, you know, Richard Baird was being paid, you know, through by the governor. But I guess it was a considerable amount of money that was uh, being transferred to him to be here. Would it surprise, uh, would it yeah. surprise you if the state was paying for it? And he told the family, don't tell anyone the state was paying for it? Oh, no, I mean, it would have surprised me. Nothing would have surprised me at this, you know, point in time because I know that, you know, with my my reason for getting with him and discussing, you know, the things that you know, we talked about was in trying to, you know, bring some kind of resolution or solution to, you know, how we're going to, you know, get rid of this crap out of these people's houses and out of their, you know, out of their bodies. And yeah, did he give did he, did he give you the impression when you met that he has a lot of uh, a lot of pull, a lot of authority? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matter of fact, I, I was I've been told by you know several colleague friends of mine that you know if you were talking to him, you were talking to Snyder. So there was nobody closer, higher up the ladder in the chain than uh, Richard Baird when it comes to. Uh, uh, and that's when, you know, in our conversation, he, you know, he shared with me that, you know, him and uh, uh, the governor had uh, been college roommates and um, had, you know, a long, long-term established uh, friendship and business friendship. Pretty interesting. Show up at Adam Murphy's home after he raises hell at a Flint Town Hall, offer him state-funded medical treatment. We're talking thousands, tens of thousands of dollars for this treatment because you also have to pay for supplements in addition to the actual IV uh, chelation. Tell the family, don't pay, you know, don't tell anyone about it. By the way, told the wife, Christina, wonderful person, by the way, told her, uh, we'll, we'll offer you treatment when you're done breastfeeding. But shh, they never gave her treatment, by the way or anybody else in Flint, like they told them they would, if Adam's treatment worked, which by the way, I'm not a doctor, I don't know if it works for everybody, but I can tell you it worked for Adam. His blood lead levels went way down. His seizures disappeared, and his cognitive functioning got a lot better. But do we believe here that the governor's right-hand man was just willy-nilly freelancing around the city of Flint making these deals? Because by the way, our Vice story, which you should definitely read if you haven't read it yet, we found other residents that the governor's right-hand man offered special deals for, special treatment, and it certainly wasn't philanthropy. It wasn't coming out of his pocket. And those residents, it all seemed to have a pattern. They were the loudest, rowdiest people. They talked to the media. They raised hell at town hall meetings. Somehow Richard Baird always ended up meeting with them. And I asked Christina, uh, Adam's ex-wife now, you know, did, did Richard Baird say anything to you about uh, the governor? Was he just there on his own? Was, was Richard Baird there on his own? Or 
was Governor Snyder aware that his top advisor was meeting with families like yours and making these kind of deals? Did he did he say anything to you that made you think Governor Snyder knew? Oh, yeah, definitely. He said he was going to go back to the office and run this by him. I remember that very clearly. I don't know if it got recorded or not. I don't have any, uh, I can't get my hands on the audio, but it, it. Because it you, because you guys did record the meeting. Yeah, we recorded the meeting. And um, so there is evidence of a meeting if they want to deny it. There's also evidence in my email and evidence in my phone and evidence spread all over the place. So, it, you and, know. And, and by the way, I just want the audience to know, and then we'll move on to the lead abatement. You know, Attorney General Nessel could say whatever she wants and her office could say whatever they want, but they, they know about this because I brought it to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've spoken to the attorney general's office about the whole thing. And uh, that's a work in progress, I guess. Yeah. I, I haven't heard. Anything sorry, to inter- sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted the audience to know that he said, he, you know, I don't know if he did tell the governor or he didn't, but it, it seems kind of far-fetched to believe a, a top advisor to the governor is going around Flint having these meetings and kind of. By by my by everything I've heard, making offers to pay off very loud residents without the governor knowing. No, the governor knew because he wouldn't say the governor is my best friend since grade school, and and I'm here. I'm pretty. I'm, I don't want to second guess myself, but I know that he said he was going back to tell run this by Snyder, but I don't remember when he came in the door if he said. I'm here on the behalf of Snyder, right. but I know when he left, he said, I'm bringing this to Snyder and see, and see if I can get this pilot program going. And didn't he describe to you, how did he describe Snyder? Uh, As his best friend. Okay. If I may, um, I would like to just say, you know, Cheryl, Richard, Scott, uh, you made a promise to a family to uh, let me, let me and my kids not die and you haven't returned my phone calls, and why not? Why haven't you told Governor Whitmer about my family and about the other families in Flint that you were going to help? And why is it okay for you to just forget about us and leave us here to die? I I, I really would like to know why you guys didn't return my phone calls and why you left me and my kids here to die. Looking back, do you feel that Governor Snyder's right-hand man paid you off? Or, or was trying to pay your family off. Yeah, I mean, in a way, if it wasn't with money, it was with health, but yeah. You know, the media just goes with headlines. It just reports bullshit that they're fed. Oh, the water in Flint is better. It's meeting EPA re- regulations. They don't do the hard work to actually go on the ground and see if it's true. And more importantly, how are the residents in Flint? And East Chicago, North Carolina, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit, fill in the blank. It ain't just water, uranium, poisoning Native Americans, arsenic. Denmark, South Carolina has a massive water problem. West Virginia, you know, coal, poisoning people, the mines. It's disgusting. And by the way, once more, and 
You know, <laughs> a lot of people don't get it. The Attorney General of Michigan, a Democrat, has had the audio and that woman's story, her family's story, for uh, since July. They first became aware of this in July of last year, so that's almost a year. And they've had the audio since September. No charges. Saturday, Saturday is the statute of limitations. So two days, the statute of limitations to file felony misconduct in office charges. Felony misconduct in office charges related to the Flint water crisis. The attorney general and her, her team put out a statement the day after Jen and I broke the vice story. I, I think it was kind of meant to confuse people, uh, saying that the, the uh, statute of limitations isn't Saturday. I mean, that's not what they told Flint residents last year. They told Flint residents just last year, she said, the new prosecution team has as little as nine months to bring additional charges. This was in June because of the statute of limitations. Lawmakers in January in Michigan pushing to extend the statute of limitations, which is in April. So I don't really know what they're talking about, but Based on Michigan law, the statute of limitations is on Saturday. And they haven't charged anyone. In fact, they dropped all the charges. I really ask you, where is Michael Moore? If you came to this late, I asked that earlier. Where is Michael Moore? He was on Stephen Colbert the other night on MSNBC, I think. He's pushing his new documentary. Our original story came out seven days ago. He has it because I spoke with his producer several times. I keep getting, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do that. He's just busy. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, maybe he'll tweet after the statute of limitations. Maybe he'll tweet next year. Maybe he'll tweet when he could take credit for it. Because it seems that a lot of influencers, a lot of celebrities, love getting involved when they could get a little of the action and the credit. But... Apparently not when they can't. I don't know Michael Moore from the hole in the wall. I've interviewed him once. I, I really like Michael Moore. Love his documentaries. I love Roger and me. Fahrenheit 9-11, Fahrenheit 11-9, Capitalism, a love story. Uh, hate to say this stuff, I, you know, but we can't just close our eyes and not call out our own. It is shameful. Shameful, because Michael Moore, it's not just me who's been reaching out to him. It's leading Flint activists that have his direct contact. He has this. You want to know why he's not tweeting about it? In my opinion, because he's best friends with Congressman Dan Kildee of Flint, who happens to be corrupt. Stay tuned for my part three. The congressman that represents Flint is corrupt. He takes a whole lot of money from private foundations, real estate, and those private foundations in real estate, from my reporting, don't want a water crisis in Flint anymore. It's bad for business. Why do you think Governor Gretchen Whitmer, the new hot name to be Joe Biden's vice president, when she was coming in, she promised Flint she'd reopen the free water pods in Flint, which the residents depend on. She's been in office a year and a half, year, almost a year and a half now. 
They're shut. According to Flint Mayor Karen Weaver, former Flint Mayor Karen Weaver, when she tried to get help from Governor Whitmer, Governor Whitmer told her, sorry, can't help you. The legislature has Flint fatigue, was the quote. That's what Weaver says. Governor Whitmer didn't respond to us, didn't dispute it either. What a leader that Gretchen Whitmer is, you know? Well, they have Flint fatigue, nothing I could do. I can't open my mouth. I can't fight for poor people. Ring a bell to what's going on in Congress right now? No, we can't do anything. We can't fight for poor people. We just got to accept whatever we can get. Democrats basically surrendering right off the bat. All of this is a choice not to do it. They could have fixed Flint five years ago. They could have declared a, dis a disaster because they didn't declare a disaster. They declared a state of emergency. That's not a disaster declaration. A disaster declaration is federal, and that brings in the Army Corps, of United, uh, Army Corps, and they could have dug up all those pipes and had it done in a year or two years. It's what they would have done in a nice white place. I, I promise you that. So Flint is all of us. It ain't just about Flint, folks. And I stay on it because, you know what? I don't think journalists, as a journalist, no, no, no. I'm not neutral to people being poisoned in America. I'm not neutral to people being poisoned and then left to die after. And if you are neutral to that, you should pick a new profession. I ain't neutral to children forgetting the alphabet. I'm not neutral to children forgetting letters and numbers. I ain't neutral to children and adults having wild, wild mood swings because of the lead. Crime going up because of the lead. I'm not neutral to people who have been poisoned having to scrap and claw to get any medical care and also fighting the city and the state from putting liens on their homes for not paying their poison water bill. No, I'm not neutral to that. So the traditional dinosaur journalist can say whatever they want. They could say, oh, he's not a real journalist. You're not a real journalist because you're not covering this. By the way, what Jen and I found, I'm not saying it was easy to find. It took a lot of work. We've probably interviewed at this point over 100 people in Flint. I've been there 15 times. But it has been much harder to actually get media to pick it up after the fact. Where are you, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib? Has had this for seven days. Where are you, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar? Where are you, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who loves tweeting all day? on Tucker Carlson and all these people. That's great. Wonderful. How about you tweet about the biggest environmental cover-up of the 21st century? Hey, maybe there's something I don't know about. Maybe you don't like me. That's fine. Then take my name out of it. I don't care. I'm not doing this for credit. The Congressman of Flint, Dan Kildee. Silence of the lambs. Who cares that the Republican governor was warned a year before the water switch? Who gives a damn, right? Who cares that he allowed it to go forward anyway? Who cares that he perjured himself? That he knew about Legionella 16 months earlier? That he didn't do anything while lives could have been saved? His inaction, when he found out, people died. That ain't my opinion. That's a fact. 115 people, as many as 115 people, probably a lot more died and were wrongly classified as pneumonia rather than Legionella. Who gives a damn, right? Rokana, Tulsi Gabbard. Ayanna Presley, 
Joe Biden? Maybe. Where are all the resistance warriors, you know? I remember, hey, Anat, you remember when that comedian dropped the mic and said Flint still doesn't have clean water? Michelle Wolf? I'm not calling her out because I haven't been able to figure out her damn contact. Maybe she didn't see the story. But I saw on Twitter that night, oh, my God, everybody's a Flint water warrior for five minutes. Oh, Flint doesn't have clean water. Hashtag this, hashtag that. Ah, those same people. Silence. You know, Brian Stelter of CNN told me, sorry, uh, this is a local story. Eh, local story. You know, just people being poisoned in America and left to die. Rachel Maddow, you know, deserves credit. She brought it to light in the first place. Hey, maybe if I could get Putin involved. Maybe if I could prove that Vladimir Putin was part of the cover-up, she'll be all over it. I found out that literally the congressman that represents Flint is telling people not to share this story because that congressman is corrupt. He's bought off by private foundation money, by private business money, and those private foundations that line his pockets and those real estate developers that line his pockets, they don't want the water crisis to continue in Flint. It's bad for business, i.e. gentrification. So I nicely said to this person, first of all, whichever politician is telling you this bullshit has his own motives. If you tell me which politician, I'll tell you what their motives are. Secondly, that makes zero sense. First, it, it doesn't make any, first of all, Trump hates Rick Snyder because Rick Snyder wouldn't endorse him. So it makes zero sense that this celebrity endorsing the story or tweeting about the story would affect Michigan at all. So a lot, you know, people don't realize a lot of celebrities, their involvement in politics, they get a contact, either the congressman from the state or city that they're doing activism around or the senator or whomever, and they don't know or they don't look into who their donors are. They don't know that they're corrupt. This is the hidden secret of America. Your congresspeople are corrupt. There is congressmen right now actively trying to bury this story. There is a journalist at the Flint Journal, I say journalist loosely, that is also trying to bury this story. A journalist trying to bury a corruption story. It's truly remarkable. 